All right, so we're back at it again. It's the summertime series. Of course, I'm John W. Fresh X. And we got a special guest with us here today. This is one I've been kind of waiting on myself. Um, I'm a big fan of what he does. As I've told him a couple of times, one of the best hosts I've ever seen, like mainstream, independent. Um, You're beautiful. Um, <laughs> my kid. My nerd uncle, because I feel Star Wars, <laughs> Kung Fu. That's my guy, man. Um, of course, we're here from the Candy Corner. Wow, <laughs> Uncle Five. I'm, I'm glad to have you here with us today. What's going on, nephews? How y'all doing, man? Good, man. Like I say, um, everything he does is gold. Uh, that's just my God, blessings, man. I appreciate um, that. I mean, y'all just, dude, y'all the same. Y'all really got, like, a fire show your work so damn hard and your brand is is pure man it's raw it's intelligent it's it's great perspectives dude man now nah, it's my honor for real for and, and hearing that from that, you right from somebody you've been around you've heard it all you've seen it all there's not too much that can surprise you so hearing that from you is an honor like honestly for sure. i appreciate it man just to get started, uh, just to get started today, for people that don't know, I guess anyone who don't know who might not have heard of you, um, you're a manager, you're a music manager around one of the, I think a lot of people from my age up to yours, of course, I'm in my early 30s. I'm not going to give your age out if you want to, you can do that. But you are part of a golden era of not just music, but sports as well. Right. Yeah. Um, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Tupac Shakur, Biggie Smalls, no doubt. the Neo Soul era. If you haven't seen it, go check him out on um, TV One's on Song. He got the first episode. He's in the first episode of the new season. Oh yeah, talking about yeah. Neo Soul. Um, How'd y'all uh, feel when y'all saw me on that joint, man? Just I'm wondering. Not gonna, I, <laughs> no, I, I thought it was fitting. Honestly, I was like, I could. He's that guy to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly. And like I that. thought it, it was it was such a cool look, especially because like we. We listen to a lot of Neo, so I know I listen no to doubt. a lot of everything I do, like all I'm the a time. Huge fan, so yeah, it's and great I'm like, music. I'm like, you could tell he he was connected to something like that, so it was it was cool to see for sure. I'm like, all right, we actually know that guy, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I know, I know him. But like, say, just to be in the mix of that and to see both at the same time, what was and like you'd have been a younger man, so energies oh. there, you're able to be out. No, I was, was younger it? than y'all at that time, bro. That was you, and so you don't know that was danger. <laughs> so just seeing that and Ooh. being in that environment, and, and no phones with cameras, right? Whatever happens in that club, in that restaurant, stay there. Thank God. Woo. What was it like? <laughs> I know some nights you've seen. You might have seen, you know, a brand, a Knicks player might see, you know, Q-tip. What was it like? Just that whole scene. I just mean, like, you know, it was. Still, see, especially in, like, the early 90s, it was still very organic. Mm. You know what I mean? It wasn't, like, a, it wasn't a manufactured thing where, you know what I mean, you have artists, and these are the artists. The artists were the people. You know what I mean? It was because back then, it could be somebody from your high school class that all of a sudden... You know what I mean? They song ended up being on the radio. And next right. thing you know, they gone. And he was like, yo, he was in my Spanish class. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, or, yo, such and such, this dude I play ball with. 
know what I mean? I got friends who play ball with Ron Artest before he became Ron Artest. That's right. You know what I mean? I know dudes who play ball with Odom before he became Odom. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it was just kind of, we was all out there. Right. You know what I mean? Everybody was out there. And, like, I got into, it's it's funny y'all bring this up. Because <laughs> I fell into this, this interesting conversation on Twitter, uh, I believe yesterday, where somebody was trying to tell me that rap and hip-hop are the same thing. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay let me explain and then the guy tells me no i'm wrong and it doesn't matter how old i was or where i was in the thing i just was like okay so <laughs> you're one of those folk that regardless of whatever truths you're gonna believe what you believe so you go ahead have a nice day y'all know i do that on twitter a lot right yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna listen i can tell y'all want to argue i'm not trying to argue i'm not no. trying to be, debate you you know, especially if I can already vibe out immediately, you're young. What grown man teaches a youth by arguing with them on Twitter? Facts, right. And the <laughs> nah, best man. part of that whole thing is once I left, other folks started actually getting to the point of the whole conversation and illuminating the, the youths that were on that stream. And I just sat back. I was like, "See, I ain't gotta argue with you. The truth is the truth." Right. You gonna see me? And there are four tenets. The original four tenets of hip hop: graffiti, breakdance, DJing, MC. And then, as as the more of the violence and stuff started stemming outward culture and knowledge became the fifth tenet excuse me so, uh today i saw somebody was trying to say fashion no it you can't just put whichever one you feel like right. no these are foundational things exactly. and it's everything like is built from that fashion came from the community we were tired of wearing those straight leg pants that didn't necessarily fit our build and our cut. We were tired of wearing those. Right. Because that's what the industry was pushing out because other folk were comfortable in those types of jeans. But we weren't. So initially when you early, when you see early, early hip hop, you see Lee jeans and Adidas and windbreakers and stuff. Excuse me, I keep hitting my mic. <laughs> but as the culture grew and progressed. The clothing changed because now we were we were living the culture of hip hop. We were changing the quote unquote norm to fit what we wanted. We wanted baggy your pants because let's face it, we like room. We was tired of the street. That's why it was like amazing that I seen everybody go flocking to skinny jeans like <laughs> I don't want to go. See, y'all don't understand. I don't want to go back to that. Right. I don't want to go back to my crotch itching because it's summertime and it's hot and I can't move. I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to chafing my inner thighs because it's it's Tuesday and I'm wearing these damn it jeans. You know what I mean? Come on, you can't run from nobody in straight leg pants. 
You can't run after nobody in straight leg pants. You know what I mean? Right. Folk was like, oh, that baggy pants thing. Oh, that was that was wag. That looked crazy. Are you that was functional? Yeah. Did you what? not see all them Wu Tang and Monty videos with dudes running after people? You can't <laughs> do that in straight leg jeans. I think where it got bad is when you got to the to the to the social boy at the end of it. And they just went those, next bag, level. those baggy jeans. See, next well, level. See, they didn't have no sense. See, what happens is everybody everybody is guilty of okay, my predecessors did it one way. I gotta go bigger and badder right. and crazier. And then they decided to start borrowing from the skater culture with them daggone Jenko jeans, which was yeah. like, you know, cowbells and stuff. But I understand why they need that much denim. They will bust their ass on them skateboards and things. Right. You know what I mean? They need that kind of protection. You know what I mean? X Games is no joke. You know what I mean? They not, I'm surprised they ain't going no leather because leather rub better than denim do, but... Nah, yeah, that concrete, that summertime. Oh, that's see, that's that ain't no joke, yo. And and when you land and sliding, ooh, mm, you need yeah. tough jeans. You don't need no skinny jeans <laughs> and no straight leg jeans. You need Jinko jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but rappers didn't need Jinko jeans. <laughs> Nah, that's facts. And just real quick, just to uh, break from the topic real quick. Of course, no, that's fine. series. Um, growing up, new, growing up, New York summertime. I know you got plenty of stories to tell. I don't, you, know, you don't have to tell any stories, but just off nostalgia. What was, what were the summertime like to you, in your opinion? Do you see these records behind me, y'all? <laughs> People used to go outside in the park and play them live. That's what my childhood summertime was like. That's, that's I grew up in hip hop, y'all. Right. Antoinette, everybody talk about MC Light. MC Light had beef with Antoinette because she was the boss. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Her song was fire. I mean, X Clan, come on. Public Enemy, BDP. I got crates. Hold on. <laughs> Messing around. Just show, show off a little bit. I'm just saying. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. And that's mostly classic hip hop. Mm. You know what I mean? There's jazz and stuff in there too. Yeah, and I I got <laughs> I got classics, but I got other crates. Because right. th- you're not gonna find this nowhere. Nowhere. I've, there's no D there's no C D of it. There's, you're not gonna find it on Amazon and if you do they'll charge in two hundred and seventy five dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that was that uh Mr. Softy ice cream trucks, you know what I mean, block parties where we cut off the whole, the whole, the whole block. The whole, like y'all know, in, in in Queens they had like the the avenue and then the streets. So they block off from the top of the street to the all the way down, like three, four, five, six blocks to the end of that street. Uh. They they'd get it cardened off by the top by the by the borough. It would be okayed. You'd have cops and blockades. So that everybody who lived on all of those blocks could come outside, walk all the way up and down their block, meet neighbors, eat barbecue, listen to music, block parties, man. That's the one thing I miss about New York, man. Just block block parties. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, 
And a lot of the times, that's where you heard hip hop because it wasn't being played on the radio. All right. You know what I mean? You literally had to be up on Friday and Saturday night from 10 to midnight mm. with your little recorder to catch two hours of what now is a freaking billion dollar enterprise. That's crazy. You know what I mean? You barely heard it. So we relied on our DJs. You know what I mean? And if you was a whack DJ, you, you wasn't doing block party. You better go over and, and DJ somebody's Sweet 16 or something. But Sweet 16s were even live, yo. I, I, don't, I don't mean to digress. I promise this will be quick. But this is one of my biggest, like, New York hip-hop summertime. This is what it is kind of moments. I was 13. My, my older sister, it was her Sweet 16. I was 13. This was when Funky Beat from Houdini just dropped. Wow. That's how long ago this was. That was the hottest freaking record in the streets when it dropped. Mm. And my sister, you know, everybody else was having Sweet Sixteens at uh, banquet halls and all that nonsense and my mom was like, listen, we ain't got bread for that. <laughs> You're going to have a house party. <laughs> and my sister was like, oh, are you kidding me? No. But my mom's man was like, don't worry. We got it. We're going to get to DJ. My sister's friend, Beryl, was like her, her older brother, Carlos, was like a big underground DJ. He did her party. When I tell you everybody showed up, Every I dude, people I never seen before in my life was in my backyard. It was a line outside my block for people trying to get in or just chilling outside because they could hear the music from the backyard. That's right. I'm 13, I'm roughly four foot nothing. And I'm supposed to be the bodyguard standing out in front of the driveway, <laughs> keeping strangers out of my house. That night, every single person respected my gangster. Mm. I'm a little, yo. I might take your knees out. Yeah, I mean, but you come with the right hand cross, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? My night is over. Did you have fun? <laughs> but everybody, yo, I mean, it was like one of the best events in my neighborhood for a long time. For like a year or two later, people would walk up to me in the street, yo, your sister having another party? That's it. Bitch, I don't know you. <laughs> I got I got a question. I got a hip hop question for you. So since you say that was the hottest record, including that, what do you think? Who has had something similar to that where they just had maybe a summer they was on fire, a record they dropped, and it was like, oh, oh. Uh, right off the top of my head, Je uh, Fresh Prince, Jazzy Jeff, Summertime. Mm. When that's remember when that song blew up? I no. mean, my mother bought their tape. <laughs> no she was like, oh, I don't know if you know about this this Fresh Prince guy, but he really has a really nice song, and I was just like, <laughs> really, mom. <laughs> all the tapes and CDs and stuff I got in my room and posters everywhere that you keep yelling at me to tear down cause they was one of them cause let's face it Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince man 
when they first came out, when that style of hip hop was acceptable, they were one of the best at it. They just were. You know what I mean? When that when that kid and play Kwame style of just being MCs and being free to just make music, right? Yeah. They was one of the best at it. Mm. You know what I mean? I missed that era when Heavy D and Chub Rock would really just command the airwaves. When Latifah would command the airwaves, I missed that. Latifah, everybody speak about Latifah. It's crazy you say that, dude. Dude, have you heard her first album? Yeah. Have you heard <laughs> All Hail the Queen? <laughs> Dude, lyrically, <laughs> she solidified herself off gate. Mm. Only time Tifa let me down is when Tretch started writing her rhymes a little later on in life. Yeah. Because I, I felt like, I mean, it was his style was the hot style. You know, well, he, he he had Criss Cross and all these other folk. You know what I mean? We doing his, doing his Tretch flavor. So I got it. But at the same time, I just missed Latifah's voice. Yeah, I feel that. You know what I mean? But like like on Unity, like UNITY, her voice was there. You know what I mean? And she had this song. Oh, but Unity, which her, I've always wanted to sample this line for a record. I never had a chance to. But when she opens it up, instinct leads me to another flow. I, what? <laughs> 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 I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to hear the rest of this record. You win. I mean, for me, it, to open up a record with the and to just ride right in, I was just like, okay, I'm listening to whatever you have to say from now on. Okay. And when she ended it, who are you calling a bitch? Yep. Yep. So if I said it, I'm sorry. I apologize to every woman everywhere. <laughs> nah, that's real. That's but that was the effect. She actually got cast to start calling girls bitches for a while in the hood. Mm, that's that was that was what the effect was of hip hop. Wow. You know what I mean? Because it was a culture. We we all everybody who was within it understood each other. Whether you ended up being a backpack dude, gangster dude, whatever. Because you'd see some of the most hoodiest hoods. Bumping like Jazzimitaz, and you be like, "Didn't you just murder people to say?" I, you know what? Get it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Because it's hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's hip hop, and I appreciate you just taking the time out real quick just to start. No, that with was that dope. One. I appreciate that work down memory lane. Thank like you. Say, I didn't get to see the tweet, but I did see your final tweet about you know hip hop and rap not being the same thing, and I'm glad that you broke it down the way you just did because I don't. Where you have a lot of people from the older generation saying it, they never really break it down to and, why it's different and why it's different. And you doing that for all. If I you go to. in my tweet, you'll see I'll set it myself. We, I, we failed y'all. That's our fault that that the disconnect is there. We should have done more to teach it. But y'all got to get me on another show to explain why. Because the crack era had a huge impact even on millennials and all of that stuff today. Nah, we definitely going to bring yeah, it back. So, yeah, that would be great to do. That, yeah, that's for another show, though. We're going to go there because nah, yeah, teacher get, must we teach. Get, uh, no. <laughs> we can get to basketball real quick. Yes, sir. The next, you know, the last couple of seasons, it seemed like they're finding, you know, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. 
It seemed like that because you asked me the question, and that's exactly why I want to go first. Patrick Ewing, the last time the Knicks had the number one draft pick, he came in, and I tell people I've said this a couple times. I feel like if Pat would have got at least one championship and maybe an MVP to go with that, he would be on the same level as Hakeem Olajuwon. See, to me, he is. To me, he is. He had, he had the offensive game defensively. He, played, he even leading the team isn't the only thing that matters, but he was able to lead a team of characters who, you know, they weren't necessarily stars. He was the star, and they made that around him. Because what, that's what stars do. Absolutely. Stars make everyone around them better. And I say that with a little <laughs> wink, wink, wink. And we'll get to that on another show. But, but get <laughs> to me... Stars make the other parts better. Now, Hakeem and them, I'm going to be real with you. There's only one person who is at fault for Patrick Ewan not having a ring. Pat Riley. Mm. If he had substituted Starks early in his cold streak, put Rolando Blackman, who can score and was on our bench, in the game. I don't care that he was the hero of the game before. The minute you see he's breaking, get his ass out, let him sit down, calm his adrenaline down. Maybe you put him back in the game later. If he's still breaking, take him back out again. That's the game, yep. That's the game. And Pat never did that. And John Stark shot us out of that game six. And we never got our momentum back. But we were leading that series up until then. It was a wrap. It was done. We win that game. We're celebrating that night. Hmm. I apologize that there's a phone going on in the background, right. but it's hey, not. It's, it's, real, it's real life. It's real life. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. Try to be professional right now. <laughs> I heard it ringing. God dog it. <laughs> but no, like you say, not winning that championship changes a lot for Patrick Young's career, but and it should not. I mean, and again, like, no, it oh, should. Go ahead, I'm sorry. But regardless, he had a great career. Regardless, yes, Lord. he's our hero. Just, I just explained what that was like getting to watch Patrick Young lead those teams. In your opinion, like from your perspective, okay. So, so I mean, I'm there when I, I'm there when he got drafted. Mm. I was there. I watched Mark Jackson play at St. John's. I watched him get drafted to my Knicks. Right. I watched Rod Strickland get drafted to my Knicks. You know what I mean? I mean, I I wasn't watching when Bernard got drafted to us, but I was there when he was playing. Yeah. Because I wasn't a basketball fan first, y'all. I was a Met fan. I found basketball. I I found the Knicks by accident on Channel 9 one night when I was scrolling through channels. Because, you know, it, back then, you, it would come on, like, Channel 2 or Channel 4 or something. NBC, CBS kind of thing. Where right. I'd see the Lakers all the time, and I was a big James Worthy fan. Oh, I love me some James Worthy. Because <laughs> that's what I got to see on TV. Then one night, I'm clicking through, you know, and I see this. I'm like, hey, this ain't the Lakers. Knicks. Wait, this New York got a team? Because, again, I wasn't even watching basketball like that, so I didn't even know. You know what I mean? I'm like 9, 10. I ain't even really know. I'm busy watching the Mets and caring about Tom Seaver and them folk. You know what I mean? 
and and Daryl Strawberry and and, and 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 Dwight Gooden and them. That was my peoples. Right. So all of a sudden here come these Knicks and I'm like, oh Knicks, mm. hey, they suck. Who's this coach? Hubie Brown? <laughs> uh, I don't like him. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna keep watching. Oh, Kenny Bannister, you are ugly sucker. Mm. Mm, but this Bernard King dude is nice. Why is a dude named Rory Sparrow? You Jamaican? <laughs> but then there's a dude that looks Jamaican named Trent Tucker. Oh, okay. So there's Jamaicans on this team. That's cool. All right. I mean, that was like my thought process going in. Then they draft Ewing, and I'm hearing all these things about Patrick Ewing, the big gorilla giant man from Georgetown, and everybody was rocking the Georgetown Hoya jackets, the starter jackets. I mean, it was huge, man. It was silver everywhere, bulldogs everywhere. And then he comes to the Knicks, and this dude is huge and strong and blocking every damn thing, grabbing rebounds out the sky. Yeah! Yeah! I mean, and, and for me, finding them at that time, and Kenny Skywalker, and then the trade for uh, Cartwright for Oakley, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And and then Mace coming to the team, and then Starks. I mean, I've been with the team since since then, man. And watching them go, first of all, that year I forget which year it was. I think it was like '89 when we first when we had our first playoff victory against the Celtics. And I remember watching the TV when they show how you go into the Boston Garden via train because it reminded me of how you go to Mets. Like the how they used to broadcast how you go to the Mets. So it irked me that they was using the same kind of footage. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the announcer, you know, just eloquently spatting how many times they done whipped that ass <laughs> and sent us on our merry way. And it was different. This is back when the first series was a five game series. And and, and we and we won. Mm. We swept them. Mm. And that was the first sweep I ever saw in basketball. And I was just like, <gasps> pretty much because, you know, I'm young still. So right. I didn't have the presence of mind to run around and go and go, we beat that ass. I didn't have the presence <laughs> of mind for that. So I was just like, <gasps> we did it. But that was literally my reaction when the Mets won the 86 World Series, too. So that was just kind of the way. <laughs> that's, that's what Matter of fact, when the, when the Giants won both Super Bowls in 7 and 11, I asked my wife, I was like. <laughs> so I guess that's how I celebrate. So, I mean, and I, I remember 94, 95, like, oh, my God, my mom used to yell at me because I'd be in the room. I was in college and I was being stomping hard on the floor and kicking stuff over and cheering and screaming when we were winning. And Dude, I mean, I'm telling you, when Nick fans see the next run, which I really feel like will be in the next three years, if they continue the current course of what they're doing, it's no, I don't, I understand that there are the teams out there and they got all these heroes and stars and stuff. A lot of them, see, people don't talk about it. A lot of them got older stars and stuff. Stars and stuff that now have to reprove themselves and stuff. So a young, strong team that comes in next year after a great year this year of confidence. And when y'all see it and feel it, 
we lost our minds. And honestly, I was mad that we did it. I feel like we need to be acting like we've been there before, even though we haven't. That little celebration for winning the one playoff game. Come on, come. Mm. Uncle Coach, Uncle Coach Fob was like, mm. because in case they smacked the crap out of us, now we got that lingering. I keep hitting you. Stop. And you know, and look what they did with that. You know what I mean? I don't like us necessarily leaving ourselves open for ridicule, even uh, though they're gonna find ridicule about the Knicks regardless of yeah. what we do. But that first run, I'm telling you, it easily should have been us over Houston that year. And regardless of what Queensborn Kenny Smith will say, he know in his heart that's true. <laughs> they put in Rolando Blackman and Sid Stark's ass out, they wrapped. Even if he don't have a great game, his offense would have at least kept the flow going and not stagnated it and shut it down and allowed teams to D up. And then, you know, there you go. And the reason why I don't necessarily put Elijah on over Ewing is not as a, out of homerism. It's just that I don't count rings as an individual achievement. The team won. You might have your your coach clearly outcoached my coach that day. My star shouldn't have to feel for that. He had a great series. You know what I mean? We didn't lose the series because of you. Right. We lost the series because the coach didn't make proper adjustments. That's real. That's honest. And we had outcoached their coach three straight games prior. We were on our way out the daggone door and we let them back in. So I'm like, and I mean, I, I literally feel that way about any and every championship. A team wins the championship. Kenny, Kenny Smith, Kenny the Jet Smith hit shots that needed to be hit to win that championship. Yeah, right. uh, was that, oh God, what is it? Otis Thorpe um, and ugly ass Maxwell Vernon. Vernon Maxwell. Vernon Maxwell, Maxwell Vernon. He looked like a backwards version of himself with all that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Y'all seen Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Y'all see how they do black characters in, in Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> That's what Matt Vernon Maxwell looked like to me. You know what I mean? Every time I see him, it's just like, oh, yeah. Mm. You don't need to be on my TV. <laughs> Move, camera. <laughs> That's real. I mean, listen, I was young. But then I'm in the Army, and when, when they go in 99, during the shortened season. And I'm in Arizona in my barracks room watching these games time delay. And again, if we had a healthy Ewing, because Ewing right. couldn't even play, he was so hobbled, and Marcus Canby wasn't ready yet. He was right. still growing. He was still learning. He wasn't ready yet. He probably was like three years in the league at a time, two, three two, years. Three years. And he also had uh, early leg injuries and stuff. Uh-huh. So yes. he wasn't getting the full 82. You know what I mean? And I, again, I, I, I can't knock, I can't knock San Antonio. They did what they did. You know what I mean? But we had a broke back Larry Johnson <laughs> and no Patrick Ewing. And we still made the finals. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? With with the fight and everything, we still made the fight. Knocking the heat out in the first round was one of the most glorious things I ever saw in my life. 
<laughs> that one I talked shit. I didn't just oh, yeah, the f- get off my car. Yeah, so bitch. Yeah. And everybody in the back, you alright? You alright, son? Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Shut up. Go do some push ups or something. <laughs> but you you brought up about the next three, so how how do you feel about some of the accusations this summer? Picking up Jalen Bronson. I know some uh, uproar about the draft, but I thought the they did the right thing. It's not no, they they was we got our prospects. We don't need to keep right. getting more and more to keep working right. and build up. We like the guys we've got. I agree. I agree. So we need, I mean, it's funny how everybody's screaming about uh, Quick and Obi and Grimes and this one need playing time. Where are we getting all this playing time if you keep drafting guys that need playing time? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, like, you know, don't draft new folk that's going to eat the minutes that these guys need anyway. You know, I mean, so, listen, I'm going to be real. If we don't get Donovan Mitchell, fine. Fine. We won't be the team we would be with him but that gives the space and room for RJ there you go. to yeah. really do his thing. If Donovan comes, I still feel like RJ will be able to, but it won't feel like it was RJ right. at the end of the season. Right. Even though if you look at the stats and he's like 20 and 10 and all this and the third, but because Donovan was 23 and 10 and that, da, 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 you feel me? Right. Yep. So he might have one of the most, the, one of the greatest under radar seasons we've ever seen, if Donovan comes, because regardless, RJ is gonna have that season. Absolutely. Nah, I mean, that's he's up in Canada now working. That's why we don't see him in Instagram and everybody. While everybody else is in Spain and Dubai and all this other stuff, he's in Canada with his daddy and them training, and his. Uh, national team because they was mad that they get they didn't get invited to the Olympics last time. So they're gonna make sure. And RJ is one of the main cogs of that team. People gotta understand the only people looking at RJ as he's still a project are the media or Nick fans who I like to say are not necessarily Nick fans, but because they get a lot of likes and stuff and activity on Twitter, they they talk Knicks. How about that? Yeah, they talk, Knicks. They, they talk, Knicks. Right. There's um, a lot of people out there that talk, Knicks, <laughs> but not a lot of those talkers are actually fans. That's fair to say. That's definitely. I feel. Did like you that. like uh, the Jalen Bronson pickup? Yes. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. That was really good, and he a winner. Yes. I mean, yeah, dude. Tough. Like he is. He is exactly what this particularly structured team with Randall on it needs uh-huh. because he can make his own shot and actually make it right and he's sufficient enough on defense that he's not going to be burnt and he can work in the team defense that Thibodeau puts out uh-huh. and he already knows that about Tibbs and the work ethic so that's not going to be an issue for him he can facilitate. He knows how to get the ball to the stars, and he wants to be one himself. Ooh, motivation and skill set. Yes, that's what's going to get Mitch more than lobs, but open other moves, post moves, and maybe even that three. That's what's going to get 
Obi more time because honestly, Randall needs about 30 to 28 minutes for a couple of reasons. He's had 40 plus minutes for the last two years, regardless to whom or what, that ain't good for the body. Right. He needs rest. And when, if, and when we get to the playoff run, like I expect that we will, we're going to need his energy. Yep, so yep. he needs to rest throughout the season, and that's plenty to give Obi time because Obi has shown he could do a couple of versatile things more than just dunking. That's true. But he needs warmth. He needs to be on the court for a minute and feel like he's a part of the flow, and then he's going to go off. You can't expect him to just come out. That's why I don't want him to start. He needs, to, he needs time to warm up. That's the one thing I see. Obi, when he starts the games, if he starts shooting early, he's going to miss. He's going to be rusty. Then it's going to get in his head. Then he's going to defer. And then later on, he's going to get back into his flow. Especially if you give him a lob. Oh, then the juices just come. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But he and, he and IQ have shown that, you know, they definitely are the next tier behind uh, RJ and, and Mitch who are our first tier of draft picks. Right, right, yep. So they're right behind them, and they're progressing wonderfully. Um, even with Rose on the team, I don't necessarily think we start Rose behind Brunson. I think we should actually put IQ there and let Rose and IQ kind of play that. Yeah. That'll save Rose for the end of the season, which, again, that's where we need him. His leadership will still be there on the court and in the locker room. And when he does get on the court and get burned, we know we're going to get positive minutes. But he doesn't have to burn his legs out. Because last season, that's why we lost him. He felt like he had to make up for what Kemba was missing with us and try to take things over and overexert. And he had more minutes during that stretch. He broke his 23-minute mark more than once. And then then he was gone. With IQ eating those minutes now, we can spare that and give him those give him those minutes sparingly. Ten minutes tonight, fifteen, something like that. Hey, get your juices running, feel good, and sit your tail down. We'll need you later. I just don't think that especially if Donovan comes, it doesn't work without Randall. And I know people are like, What? How? Randall's this, Randall's that Even with his moodiness, with his annoying the crowd and all of that. His numbers really didn't drop off that much from the year before when he was the most improved player. His three-point shot dropped a bit, and but I don't believe his uh, his actual like I think he ended up with like, twenty-one averaging twenty-one points. Hey man, he was averaging twenty-four points the year before. You know, it's not like he started averaging fifteen. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like folk want to throw him away. Like oh yo. Maybe we could get Kelly Oubre. I will punch you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Like, cut that out, yo. And especially if you've got Donovan, RJ, Brunson, Randall, who are you going to double team? Right. Who? You can't. And that's what's going to free Randall up. What clogged him up is he was trying to be the starter team, going into two and three and, and, and triple teams, and then trying to kick the ball out and be this star guy. Dude, take the ball, dribble twice, turn, put in the basket. Get your tail back on defense. Come on, let's go. Right. That is. And it's that easy. And when you got a Donovan Mitchell or a Jalen Brunson and an RJ ascending, 
it can easily be that easy. Last year, it wasn't that easy because Fournier was messing up on defense a lot and pissing Randall off in the first quarter. And Randall could not move on from his moodiness in the first quarter. And when something else popped off in the third quarter, now he's mad again. It's like, dude, dude, put the depends on, man. Calm down. Get, get, get your panties out the punch, whatever it is. You know, drink a Mucinex or something. Uh, what is it? A nutriment? Yeah, get a nutriment. You know, get, get, some, get some new vitamins and minerals. Sit down, relax, drink some water, kiss your kid. You know what I mean? Get your mind right. You know, listen to some Yanni or something. Get some peace. Like I said, that's, even, you know, with some of the play last year, it's not like the Knicks were terrible. Y'all weren't terrible last no. year. No. I mean, it's we, like we, we right missed right the play there. in by like four games. Right. So, like, it's, the, it's things y'all can build off of last year, right. like bringing in Jalen Bronson with or without getting Donovan Mitchell. Because right. I believe – I don't know if he's going to be an all-star or not, but I think R.J. Barrett can ascend to all-star level. I do, too. He finished the year ended averaging 20. I think he keeps that. I think he can maybe get to 22, 23. I think I, so, too. No. The only Especially thing I can if that three gets a bit more consistent and his free throws stay consistent. That's it. Yep. That's that was two things. All right, Coach, <laughs> before we get out of here, I want to do this with you because, like I said, you one of them people – not just for sports, but just how you are with the culture in general. We're going to do a quick game of this and that with you because I want to hear your thoughts on some of this. Not necessarily with preference, but just which one, you know, maybe you feel a certain way, you know, about this one, that one. So You know, I got an opinion, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> so just to stick with the Knicks real quick, Allen Houston or the Trails Free Will? Ooh. Ooh. Off gate? Off gate. You give me that one off gate. Oh, okay. I know. I know. I mean, cause listen. Okay, the smooth, the smooth fade and the three point shot. Allen Houston was doing it, but I, I'm I'm a junkyard dog. Latrell and the dunks and the mean mugs and his threes too. Ah, uh, Latrell, I gotta get that. I'm sorry, Allen. Latrell. I understand. I I, I understand. Respect, I respect. Definitely respect. Ah, that was tough. Oh. <laughs> All right, inspect the deck verse on protect your deck or inspect the deck verse on triumph. 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 Ooh. Okay. Dude, okay. inspect the deck is like, I hate to use the phrase underrated and slept on, but honestly, I hear a lot of Wu Tang conversation. I don't hear his name mentioned as much. And I'm like, I, it took Y'all me better go back and get Sarface. Y'all better go back and get all the Sarfaces. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Tech? What? What? I mean, listen, Control Substance was okay, but there was a reason why sonically it didn't sound like the others because they had had the flood or the fire, I forget, and they lost yeah. the equipment, so they had to buy all new equipment and everything. So that's why that one sound. Oh, listen. See, y'all got me in my bag. Hold on. <laughs> Yo, nah, nah. Oh, God. Abomatomically. So, oh, I can't, I can't, because I'm going to be stuck and told to. I'm, I got to go listen to it now after. Thank y'all very much. Actually, thank y'all. Cause nah, I, yeah, I anytime, anytime. Ooh, okay. Nah, that, definitely that, yeah. That, that triumph. Nah, like I say, it took me a while, because, like I say, the Crane verse always stuck with me. Like, 
but it took me a minute to like expect that that is like that guy for real. Like the, the energy he brings. And I'm telling you, if you haven't listened to any of Starface, C-Z-A-R-F-A-C-E, go Spotify, because it's, it's, it's Deck is the lead MZ in Starface, and he's been doing that for a minute. Go listen to that. You're going to be like, oh, oh, this is, oh, yeah, Deck, Deck. You're going to be like, okay, I don't know if it's Ghostface or Deck by the time you really listen to what Deck is talking about. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, okay. But you can see why he feels slighted, like, don't nobody really know his catalog. I get that because, dude, yo, he, mm, folk, folk, I mean, and I love meth. Dude, I love meth. Yeah. Meth was definitely Wu Tang Clan for me. Then he's he's he, he's the gateway drug. He's yeah, with he his cl- <laughs> with his clever metaphors and his slick voice. He gets you in. He baits you in. M E T H O D man. We was like, oh okay, we'll, we'll have some. Yes. And then once you have some, you're like, oh oh, this O D B tastes delicious too. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, this Raekwon. I didn't even know there was yeah, some Raekwon over here. Guy, mm. I love him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my favorite Raekwon. I love him. See. See, so man, 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 yo, yeah, yeah. I mean, Master Kill is good too, though. Yeah, nah, the yeah. whole the whole collective was definitely great individually and as a well, group. You got <laughs> no disrespect, <laughs> Golden Arms. I just played. I know, I know, I know. You don't really like being the uh, the split star of of the Wu Tang Clan, but. <laughs> Sometimes right. you gotta be like, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Everybody got a part to play. Yo, know I mean, and that's dude, how it, it made it work. It worked. Split star happy as hell being a sidekick. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not wrong with it. Okay. Got another. Might be a little tough for you. Uh-oh. Diggable planet, black sheep. I have to go diggable, but I'm actually, okay. Black Sheep's first album was classic material. Nonfiction, however, was not. Now, I do know Drez's backstory, and I know that he was about that life, but when you present yourself on wax as one way, and clearly you're that way and you even like kick rocks to other ways and then the next album you're the other way nah nah he was remember when that first album oh i'm in the clubs i'm partying hard who wants to be hard i'm not worried about that street nonsense and the second album it's non-fiction not i said the cat that's literally my issue with tupac i can respect that and i can see a lot I can see that. He presented himself one way through same song and all that into Apocalypse Now. And then all of a sudden he goes from telling, being James Baldwin, telling the story of the inner city strife to taking on the narrative on his own and embracing it in a way that I, hmm, I, can, hmm. I, can, I can dig it. I can definitely you know, I would cool. You got songs, California, you love, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> And I always caught flat for that, you know what I mean, throughout the years, because just like the LeBron worshippers they have now, there used to be Tupac worshippers. I think they're the same people. 
or the parents of the parents LeBroners of or the right. Tupacers because, dude, I mean, if if you said, you know, Tupac is Wednesday, yo, what? Let's fight. What you mean Tupac is Wednesday? Like, dude, he don't know you. Relax. Relax. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like Bronner's the same way. If LeBron isn't God, then you're wrong. Oh, word? Okay. Then then I guess I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. But, you know what I mean? It's like, Biggie, the vocal of Biggie were a little different. As many Biggie worshipers as I've met and know over my life, they weren't like Elvis. They weren't sycophantic with it. Right. You know what I mean? And to this day, I got a feeling people got Jesus and Tupac on their wall. <laughs> Nobody got Jesus and Chris Wallace on their wall. Nah, it's definitely Jesus and Tupac. Though. Yeah, and Elvis. And Elvis. The, the mighty triumphant is so, I don't understand <laughs> folk today is. Yeah. No, no, I saw I'm... Tupac at Walmart. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've not heard one person say, yo, I saw Biggie at the Piggly Wiggly. No, you didn't. <laughs> that is a little crazy when you mention, like, nobody, Biggie doesn't get those same, I seen right. Biggie, you know, he faked his death type rumors. Like, it's, right. They do, like, no, that brother did. Yeah, we know. Yeah. They shot him. But Pac. <laughs> Miraculously dodged all the bullets. Remember how Fifty did? He got shot nine times, and he still made records. Pac <laughs> is making records right now. Stop! Stop! <laughs> I'm gonna end with one more tough one for you. Oh, can I can I throw a monkey wrench on that last question though? You should have said Camp Low. Ah, uh, I mm. should have. Mm. You're right. Mm. You're right. Mm. Get an extra point for that one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You get an extra point for that. Hey, shout out Camp Lou. Like, I've got like seven, eight CDs of Camp Lou material, bro. Shout out Camp Lou for sure. Y'all need to see my CD collection too, just because oh, it's look, historic. We, you know, when we, y'all come up to NY, yeah, come we, swing we, by Jersey, I'll make y'all some smoked barbecue, and y'all can run through all my collections and have I, a great I time. Come, I want to come just for that. Smoke barbecue. We can watch oh, dude, you know I do the briskets and the yeah, chickens I, and things. Yeah. When, when does it start getting really cold? It doesn't really start getting cold to October. Okay, like cool. The second so, yeah. or third week of October is when it starts getting funny, but September is usually still warm. And yeah. I do my barbecue Labor Day weekend anyway. That's when I go and I spend my, get my big meats and <laughs> spend all week on prep and hit it. Okay. Just definitely. to feed people. Definitely. You're going to try to make that happen for Labor Day. Labor Day? Okay. Like, so he's yeah. just right there. So, uh, uh, like, 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 playing tickets. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. But like I say, the last one, just one more difficult one for you. Jill Scott, Erica Badu. No. No. <laughs> that one is that's, I can't. That's that's the because they hit my heartstrings for different reasons. Surely. Like it, like Erica's first album was just like organic, fun, funky. Like D'Angelo's first album. All right. But her second album, Mama's Gun. I was just listening to Mama's Gun last week. <laughs> I mean, each song is a tapestry that takes you to a different 
Mm. You know, sonic part of imagination where you're, you're feeling all these different emotions she's trying to convey between relationships and homelessness and, you know, and, 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 and strife and, and, and you can hear the conflict she was having with Common in some of these songs and where it wasn't bad, it was just wasn't right. And there's a lot of angst and, and then symphonically, oh my God, the music they put behind that between the cucarachas and the, the congas and oh my God. Oh. Not the roaches, that's the cucarachas, but never mind. The congas and the maracas and all that. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, and, and, and of course, the, the rolling and the roads organ. And I mean, but Joe Scott first album, y'all, I was in the army. I had no idea who she, who she was, there was no press. I went to the PX because I usually like on payday I go to the PX and go CD shopping and a lot of the times I buy CDs based on the cover because it look cool and who is Joe Scott just look like a cool ass cover mm. I was like alright I'll give it a try bought it took it home put it in played it and my jaw fucking dropped from the first song I could not pick my jaw up till the CD was done and I stopped it and I went and I knocked on people's door and I invited them to my room to listen to this freaking CD, I promise. Mm -hmm. I ran all up and down the barracks. And then for about two months, anybody asked me, Joe Scott, who is Joe Scott? Go get it, go buy it, go get it, go buy it, go get it, go buy it. I was hosting poetry venues in DC at that time. I'm telling people on the mic, I took both different venues, I had a, a venue on U Street with a DJ and at a venue on 18th Street with a live band. Go get that Joe Scott. Go get that Joe Scott. If y'all don't know that Joe Scott, go get that Joe Scott. I'm also an OK Player, which is a website that was dedicated to the roots. And they had this great discussion board where we actually, I met the roots. I met a lot of these folk, actually. I was at the Black Lily. I did a lot of these things, man. I was, and the folk that I was running with were all kinds of folk that were listening to the same kind of, that's how I got into the neo soul and all that, along with the hip hop and the poetry. It was just a great scene in like the early 2000s, nappy. I'm in uniform, I got a throw out and I'm daring people to bother me about it because I know the regulations. I kept it in my wallet. So anybody to stop me and try to hit me about my regs, nope, I'm in regs. <laughs> now bounce. I got poetry to do after this. <laughs> oh, that's and like you say, that's what made it to your original point. It was organic. Yes. Was, oh, you just I mean, saw the cover, you heard it, you enjoyed it, you loved it, and you had to make sure everybody that you came around heard it. That's how you spread and make and, it grow organic. And even uh, now, their later works, they have not disappointed me. Man, she came out that song, Jill came out that song, Crown Royal. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Crown Royal, come on. Uh, uh, first of all, I got to play it up real loud in my car and sing all her parts, even though I know what she's saying. <laughs> and as a man, maybe I shouldn't be singing it out loud like that. But I am. Your hands on my hips, back right back to your eyes. Mm. Come here, woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? I almost had more children because of Joe Scott. <laughs> Erica make me think, Joe Scott make me. 
you know. <laughs> that's that's what music does. It invokes different that's emotions, what, and feelings, out of us. And, like that's you say, once again, we appreciate you for coming on and joining us. This was like, so much fun, man. Oh, my God. Then we're going to get around to doing some other stuff so we can tell some more stories. We can get Yo, more stuff. Let's do like, it. I'm here. We'll figure it out. Hopefully, later we'll make our way up there. And y'all know, NBA roll around. You'll know y'all coming back on so we can do the oh, updates for Atlanta it. Hawks and everybody. You know we, you know we got to do that. Got to <laughs> do that. Got to do that. Because a, a candy corner ain't a corner without the hoopers. <laughs> Absolutely. And like I said, shout out to everything you do from candy corner, uh, blurrification. Like I said, if you haven't seen the last couple of episodes of blurrification, those are probably some of my favorite ones. Uh, best video Oh, y'all saw the video on. game episode? I think, you know, service going in and out, but I seen most of it. Like I say, it, there's not anything you don't do. That I, that I try to swear everything you do because you do things that align with my interests. Star Wars. Like I say, Kung Fu movies, which is probably one of the best pieces of works I've seen just in general. With how y'all going into it for people who watch Kung Fu movies but you don't know where to start, right? Go look up the blurification, go look at that top 10 list. Oh. Like they have some, they have some must watch on there. Like I said, I think I watched it the next day. I had I went and watched the uh, went and watched the movie, like just do it. Like I say, he's one of the best hosts I've ever heard doing right. stage. Um, if y'all haven't friends, seen it though. I'm just plugging myself just one time. The Pete Rock episode, I'm on that too. You on the Pete Rock episode? Yeah. Okay. I'm, on, I'm on this season. I'm on the Neo Soul. I'm on Pete Rock. I They got me in for a clip on the PM Dawn, and I'm in the Soul For Real episode too. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so, fine. I didn't know that. I was busy last summer. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, I remember when you, you know, shout off ball network, we were part of the same, you know, network, and you said something, but you couldn't say it all the way. Right. So right, and that was yeah, that was these things. Right, that yeah. tweet, and I was like, I instantly remember that, like, oh, this what that was. So shout out to you for all our listeners. When this come out, y'all go back and watch, go watch, watch those unsung episodes because those are some of the most important. Not in just music, but just in this thing of our culture in general, yeah, because they definitely help shape it. The way we dress, the way we talk, the way we walk, the way we think about life and everything. So. um you got anything else you want to give them real quick, Fresh? Nah, just for sure. Uh, I knew you was going to hit us with a, with a lot of classic stories. So <laughs> that's that's why I was looking forward to this one. So appreciate you for sure. Uh, like you said, we'll be on the candy corner uh, this yeah. season. And we got more content we got to put y'all, together. Y'all family. Sure, so. I mean, and I mean that to the bottom, bro. Y'all family. So yeah. it's always my honor. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm I'm geeked out, man. I, I had a ball. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm gonna go have me some henny after this and just <laughs> and think about this particular session. <laughs> I didn't even bring my cup with me. I prepared a cup especially for this show, and it's over there. And I just got so into. I was like, I don't need no cup. I had good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. We, you know, we try. But like I say once again, appreciate you for coming on here. I'm John W. And our guest was Uncle Coach Fa. We appreciate it. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace.